You're fed up with the nine to five. You've been working hard for years and you're just not seeing the results you want. You want to break free from the traditional career but don't know how. Business Breaks is here to help. So, hello everyone. This is the Business Breaks podcast. I am your host, Dante Healy. Horace Reese is an accomplished branding expert, growth hacker, and author who has worked with some of the top influencers and brands, including Gary Vaynerchuk and Barbara Corcoran. Horace has a very interesting story, having crafted his dream lifestyle through vision and application from his humble beginnings to living a life on his own terms as a multiple business owner and branding expert. Now, I personally met Harris as one of the leaders in a high-level entrepreneurial mastermind who I saw as the guy who made the community tick by hustling in the background. What I mean by that is that he was my go-to guy when I had questions as a complete newbie to entrepreneurship. He was very approachable and always available to offer valuable advice. And that's why I'm super excited to deep dive into the subject of entrepreneurship branding and networking on this episode. Horace, welcome to Business Breaks. Thank you for having me on, brother. I'm excited. Thank you. And uh, I guess, uh, Horace, for those of my listeners who don't know you personally, uh, can you please share your backstory? Yeah. How did your life develop? Because uh, you were a, originally a soccer referee, yeah. and then you suddenly became an entrepreneur, influencer, and multiple business owner. So how did that evolution happen? Yeah, it, it wasn't sudden. So it was, it was a quick progression. We immigrated from Bosnia, which I don't know who here is familiar with that part of Europe. It's Eastern Europe. Um, we're right next to Italy. There was a war when I was growing up. So we were escaping the war. We came to America as refugees. They kind of tell you where to go so you don't pick. Um, and we were basically given Nebraska, which is cool. Uh, I have my cousin here um, who was here as a foreign exchange student. So we came to Nebraska. And then my parents were gone all the time working, hustlers, just like every other immigrant family. And I was like, man, I love my parents. So I just want to hang out with them more. That, that's how this all started, really. And uh, I was like, I need to figure out how to make money. So then I started refing soccer. I was 12. I was like, how do I how do I make more money? So I was when I was making no money. I was 12. So I was like, I could officiate soccer games. I know the game. I played my whole life in Europe. Everyone knows soccer. So I was like, oh, I can easily officiate. And these American games are very easy. They're they're not as competitive I'm at 12 as they are in other countries. Uh, for example, like Brazil has managers at the age of four, uh, players with managers at the age of four. And I can do that. Then I started doing that. Then I was gone all the time. I'm like, well, this isn't the solution I wanted. So I was like, okay, what can I do where I don't have to be gone all the time, but I could also make money. So then I started an online shopping mall. I was just reading through forums and things like that. of like, what should I do? And I started like MLM or I didn't start MLMs. I joined MLMs. I built an online shopping mall, just as an affiliate of like 150, 200 different products. And I just sold them all through an online shopping mall. Um, this was pre like Amazon being like killer. So I was like, this could be cool. And then, uh, yeah, from there, I was like, this isn't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not making any money. I need to get around people that are making money. So then I just used every dollar I had to fly to San Diego, California, and I became obsessed with just getting around people that are like-minded. I somehow finagled my way into these rooms. It's not that hard when you're younger. 
So I just kind of finagled my way into these rooms. And then, uh, yeah, I met uh, someone who kind of helped me come up with a product where my age is irrelevant. Um, I figured out how to make people national bestselling authors because it doesn't matter if you're 14, 40, or 100 years old, if I can guarantee you become a national bestselling author. And this was 10, 12 years ago. Mm. Now people do this for $100,000. Back then I did it for 100 bucks. Wow. And I got 10 sales and I thought I was the next Warren Buffett. I'm like, what am I? I went from like, how do I make some money to I'm going to make so much money. I'm going to be the richest person on earth <laughs> <laughs> with 10 sales. So I was like, okay. And I started doing that. And then I had 100% success rate. And I'm like, dude, I keep making these sales and I make these promises and I deliver. But I feel like they then my clients leave so much money and opportunity on the table because they have all these leads, all this hype, and they don't know what to do with it. I was like, okay, I need to learn email marketing, automations, ads, how to build a funnel, upsell these people from like a book to a course or to coaching or in-person masterminds. Um, and that's what I did. I met my business partner at one of these masterminds and, and we worked on it together. We did six figures in 10 months. I thought that was a big deal back then. And then uh, I got, I was fortunate enough to work with Gary Vee in New York City. I learned a lot. He is one of the most empathetic uh, people I've ever met. Very competitive, very hungry, um, just an all-around great guy, though. Got to work with him, and then I came back to Nebraska to finish university studies. Never did. I ended up dropping out. I got a sale in a sales class, all via texting on my phone. It was like a 5K sale. And I'm thinking, I'm the man. And the teacher's like, Harris, what did you do? And here I am being the silly little kid. I was like, I just closed a sale, all via texting on my phone. Never got on uh, on a call with them or anything once. Um, and it was five grand, but that was a good amount. Never talking to a cold lead ever. And then you get five grand all via text. I thought it was cool. Teacher didn't. She said, no, that's not how business is done. You need to have a handshake. You need to meet these people in person. I'm like, in person? I live in Omaha, Nebraska. No. And I was like, what am I doing in school? So then I um, ended up dropping out, started a software as a service. My mentor asked me to help him with that company. We got that into 36 some countries. Um, it was a Facebook solution for uh, custom audience syncs with your CRM. And uh, yeah, I exited that one and then uh, started, in, or I didn't start, I helped grow a mastermind. They were doing 3000 a month. I came in and we started doing $150,000 a month consistently. Um, scaled that, got thousands of entrepreneurs. You were part of it. Uh, got a thousand entrepreneurs across the country. Got a featured in Forbes magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine. Um, and then now I'm just doing other things. Uh, I have a medical company called Carpal Aid, um, which this solves a real world problem. Not the masterminds don't. I just wanted to, I felt like I was leaving a void by not being a part of something that solves a real world problem. Masterminds, you kind of have to convince people that, that they need to, either people understand they need to be around high level people or they don't. And sometimes you have to convince them. Um, with this medical company, if you have carpal tunnel, I have the only solution in the entire world that's natural and, and solves carpal. It doesn't solve. We can't say solve, but it's the closest thing to a cure as you possibly can get. And it's mm -hmm. as cheap as a dollar a patch if you buy a hundred of them. So I'm like, okay, this solves a real world problem. It's the world's largest hand issue in the world. If I can solve this problem, obviously like the benefit of it for me is going to be monetary because it's a multi-billion dollar problem solving. Mm -hmm. And I have the only solution in the entire world and it's patented all over the world. And I solve a massive problem and I help a lot of people. And then I actually do a carpal tunnel myself. And I'm like, oh, this is great in a way because now I use my own product. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the big 30,000 foot view of uh, where I was to where I am now. Wonderful. Yeah. And I mean, my goodness, you covered quite a lot in such a short space of time. And that's yeah. kind of what I get from you, you know, 
you seem to, uh, and just in general, you seem to accomplish a lot while still enjoying your life. I mean, I follow yeah. you on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, how do you manage your time and what's quality that drives you to be such a beast in business, if you don't mind me saying? Yeah, of course. Thank you. So what's your question? How do I manage my time? Yeah, yeah. More about, there. you know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very effective. So if I go out or I, I do an event or something of that nature, I still get up and work. Um, when I'm on the road, you almost have to put in twice as much work to get the same amount done. And what I mean by that is like, I have my little home set up here. It's beautiful. I get a million things done when I'm here. Um, when I'm not, I have my one monitor, you know, first world problems. I'm at one monitor mm-hmm. and it's just different, um, but I, I still dedicate a lot of time to it and I don't show how much I work on socials because everyone would get bored of it. I work all the time. If I'm up, I'm working I'm either on my phone or my laptop. Um, even at events, I'm working. When I'm out, I'm working. So I'm always getting stuff done. And then uh, I'm always up in the morning regardless. Um, I don't like drink heavily where like it affects my next day. Um, that was a big key. Um, but I still do a lot and I still get the same workflow I'm going regardless if I'm doing stuff or not. And you see my stuff. So, I mean, I'm always doing, you never know what I'm doing. I could be on top of a volcano one day and I could be mm-hmm. doing a photo shoot event with like a bunch, like 110 models the next day. And then the very next day I'm in a Lambo. Like you never know where I am or what I'm doing. No one even knows what city I'm in ever. <laughs> <laughs> but from that, I'm always working. Like on the airport, I'm working. Or mm-hmm. at the airport, I'm working. On the plane, I'm working. When I wake up at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., I'm working. At night, I'm working till midnight or 1 a.m. Um, people don't see those things. And I'm usually working up until I go to wherever I'm going. Like if I have an event, I'm always working up until that. Hmm. So very focused. And you still manage to enjoy your hobbies. I see occasionally you post pictures of yourself training MMA and things like that. Yeah. 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 Still done. Um, not as much lately. It's been really hard because I'm in a different city like every three days. Hmm. Um, so it's hard to go to gyms and whatnot. But uh, when I'm in like one city for more than like a week, I, I still go to local gyms. I just went to my buddy. He's in Southern California, Chad George's gym. Um, we were training jujitsu. And the one night I go, and mind you, I haven't been training for like four or five weeks. There's mm-hmm. people from Brazil that are coming in for competition that weekend. Um, there's Russians there. There's Canadians. So a lot, a lot of people from all over the America were there. And this was the Thursday before the competition weekend. So everyone's in phenomenal shape that some of them are like, hungry because they're cutting weight, frustrated and like they're top shape and i'm like oh god here we go uh, but it was fun um but yeah still do all that hopefully competing q1 of next year um just for fun and then um but yeah still do it just it's it's a fun challenge it's there's really nothing like it in the world where you are getting pushed and like when you have someone in front of you whether it's mma muay thai uh boxing or jiu-jitsu that's the only time in life where nothing else matters besides the guy in front of you because he's going to try to take your head off one way or another. So if you're thinking about the business deal or some email or or how to like how to do other things, none of that matters when you're in there because this person is going to hurt you. And if you don't react to that and you're not in the present moment, it's really hard and you're going to get hurt. So it's it's beautiful because you can really fully immerse yourself in the present moment. And there's nothing like it. Brilliant way of putting it. And I can see from your perspective, the addiction, uh, well, uh, if you call it an addiction, the uh, the passion for it and uh, the benefit of being in that present moment because life is about experiences at the end of the day. And yeah, uh, yeah the other thing I notice about you and your background is you seem to be able to network and connect with almost anybody. Yeah. How do you manage to successfully build those connections with people who are 
seemingly out of reach to the majority and there's only an elite few who can actually get in touch with them is it uh, is it something you have to build up over time or yeah for sure Mm. yeah because i'm at a point today uh, because i've been putting in work for the past 14 years where i mean this with every part of me where i don't think there's a single human being on the planet regardless of elon musk i know i can find a way to give them value without asking anything in return. Gary always taught me to always be 5149 in every relationship. So I know there's ways I can bring value to people of all scale, regardless of who they are, or what they've done. And the likelihood of me hanging out with Elon is super small, but like anyone else in the, on the world that that is in the business space, I feel like I can get value. That's not even in the business space that wants to be, I just find ways to give value and I probe. A lot of people when they network, it's always me, 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 me. I mean, it's always like, how can I help you? Who can I connect you to? How can I help you grow? What do you need? I mean, I, even earlier today, I won't mention their names, but one guy started a real estate fund. He's looking for credit investors that have a net worth of like, I don't know, five, 10 million. I could be wrong, maybe a million. And another friend is looking to invest in more things such as real estate fund. So I put them together and they are both very high income earners and they're top 1% of the 1%. And I connected them to, and they're going to do many things together. I see, but I am the source of their connection. They're both going to come back to me. So if I ever need something ever, I know that I can go to either one of them. One of them, I help them do literally everything. I help them move into their place. I help them with their first event. I help them with a million other things. And I've never asked for anything once ever. And I don't plan on it, but mm -hmm. if I do, it's great. Or if they run across someone that needs my services, they'll be like, okay, cool. I need you to talk to Horace. And they know when they introduce me, I'm going to introduce them to a million other people. I'm going to come back to whoever introduced us and say the horse is like the coolest person ever. Thank you for introducing me. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. And um, that's brilliant. And uh, what's your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? <clears throat> I think it's, I don't think it's one thing. I think all of the things together, there's nothing like it. I don't think you can become one. I think you are either one or you are not. And it's very glorified nowadays. It's very hard to be an entrepreneur. Um, you have to work incredibly hard. Um, for me, there is no stopping. If I make $100 million tomorrow, I'm still going to continue doing exactly what I'm doing today. Um, maybe I get to play a little bit larger of a game and make moves that are you know, worth 10, 20 million versus the moves I'm making now. But it's growing. I mean, I actually had a conversation with my friends the other night in Miami about this. We're all going, we're all chasing the 100M net worth. We're all talking about how we're going to get there and we're all helping each other. And I've known these guys for five years and we're all at, I wouldn't say we were all at bad places when we first like met each other. We were all good, uh, but we've all continuously gotten better and we're all continuously helping each other. And then I don't see how all of us don't hit that worth, but it is cool to build that camaraderie. And when you know people of so of five, six, seven years and you're all growing together and you're not like leaving each other in the dust because like two of you are growing and like six of you aren't, everyone's growing together. I think that's a cool thing. You make cool bonds with people. Um, the people you work with, I, I think it, it's really cool because they're you know very similar minded and hungry and eager. Um, to me, business partnerships are a lot more than just business. I, I consider them family and I would take a bullet from all of them. I just think it's, it's just fun. And I don't know what else I would do. Like, I don't even know what their, people do for fun. Like, I if I'm not doing something, I'm working. I mean, I still have fun and like, I don't know, go off-roading or go stay on top of a live volcano. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what there is to do. Like, I don't know how to relax. I don't know how to stop. And that's a con, right? Because some people 
want to sit and enjoy a movie after 40 minutes of a movie i don't know what to do with myself i feel like i'm missing out i feel like i'm missing opportunities i feel like i could be doing something better with my time i'm not saying that's every movie i'm some movies i enjoy watching and i hang out with friends but i just it's really hard to shut my mind down and i think that's a common issue for entrepreneurs but my favorite part is just everything, man. Like, there's no one thing. Like, I don't know what else excites me. I've been, I, I've had Lamborghinis. I've in private jets. It's all cool for like two seconds. Business. I've been doing this for 14 years, and I'm still having fun. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. It's it's never dull. There's always another level. And his name is Elon Musk. There's another level you can learn. There's another level you can grow to. There's there's improvement you need to do on yourself. There's people you need to meet. It, there's no like end goal to it just you continuously grow for literally ever gotcha and getting to where you are now uh, from where you were what mm -hmm. were the big lessons you picked up um getting to be a business owner and then obviously managing your own teams etc and making sure you can scale it so you have that free time you're not trying to do everything yourself yeah i mean i think the biggest lesson is just to get around people that have already done what you're doing Get really, really good at a handful of things and then just hire everything else if you can. I think learning how to delegate properly and, and manage that properly is really good because uh, you don't want to micromanage either. Hmm. How to find top tier talent and keep top tier talent, that's very hard to do. That's something that I think was good to know. Because people that have been with me have been with me for years uh, and I don't see them going anywhere soon. So I think that that's an important key metric. And then just being very selective on who you work with and what you work on. I think those are all important things because sometimes people will work on stuff just for money and there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to go, go start the next Uber and you have no desire to make a cool rideshare app, but you see a big void in the marketplace and you can make a kill and go for it by all means. Mm -hmm. Like You don't have to chase your passion. I think that's, that's a misconception where people want to chase their passion. They're really in, interested in basket weaving, but there's only such a big demand for that. Um, and you can only make so much money on that. So I think the other thing is you you want to fill a real world problem and fill a void versus mm -hmm. like, I'm really passionate about X, Y, Z. Um, I think that's glorified. And I think that's dying down now that times are getting tougher. People are realizing like sometimes passions work. I'm very lucky and fortunate. But my passion is business. I love all of this. That's not everybody's. But you have to do things that fill a void in the marketplace and that someone's willing to pay for. Completely makes sense. And um, you mentioned previously in the interview that uh, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. But if people who probably haven't been entrepreneurs before are mm -hmm. thinking about starting a business, what would be your tips getting yeah. into it? Super happy asked about this one, actually, because a lot of people do it the wrong way. I think the right way is getting proof of concept first. So a lot of people tell me I'm wrong. They want to, they, they wake up one day and they're like, I'm going to try to be a business owner. I'm going to start this business. Well, I need to go incorporate. I'm going to get an LLC on legal zoom, or I'm going to hire a lawyer and we're going to do our paperwork. Cool. Two weeks go back. Hmm. I'm going to build this cool website, but I don't know how to code or even Wix. I don't want to learn how to do that. So I'm going to go hire someone to do that. Okay, cool. You're 2000 in the hole. Oh gosh. Now I have my website. I need to put a logo on there. So I need to hire a graphics designer to, to make me a logo. They're another 200 bucks. You're about a month, that month, month and a half in, two months in. And you're like, oh, gosh, I need this thing called traffic. How do I get traffic? Oh, okay, cool. I need to hire someone or figure out how to get traffic. And then you're two and a half months in. You're spending money on ads. You have no idea if people are going to buy what you're selling. The best way to do it is to go sell the dang thing. 
figure out an MVP and go sell it. If you can sell five of them and it's this clunky mess of just hodgepodge of stuff and you can sell that, I guarantee you, as you get more sales, you can fine tune that stuff and make it better. Um, but you have sales. I would much rather figure out what to do once I have $10,000. And of course, you have to like make your customers happy and deliver on what you're promising. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd much rather then play around. on. Oh, I think I should get a website because it's going to make it easier for me to sell my stuff. Oh, I should do this. Oh, I should do this. I should get some ads versus hang on, go do all of this stuff first. And then like two months later, you're ready to rock and you can't. Now, some businesses, you can't do that. Like uh, if you start a real estate fund or anything like that, you, you can't just go get investor money. Um, but a lot of people aren't going to play at that level that quickly. But it's usually like they want to start some dropshipping business or some e-commerce thing, or they want to sell their service. Those things you can definitely sell. If I'm selling you a necklace, I can go sell you that necklace without having a hundred of them in stock. I can say, hey, I'm two weeks backed. Because I'm two weeks back, I'm going to throw in this little widget. Um, hope it's okay. If you want a full refund, let me know. But it'll be there in two weeks and I'll also give you a free gift. Thank you for purchasing. And then you go buy the stock or whatever. Awesome. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, imperfect started is better than perfect. Never started or even late. I mean, yeah, as you say, try and never refine it, gold plate it before you've even proved it is actually needed. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Go get an MVP and see if someone gives you money for it. Yeah. And if but, you don't have the credibility and background, you can't like, I don't know, let's say you're a graphic designer and you want graphic design clients. Yeah, you need case studies and all that. If you don't, go get 10 people for free and ask them for a video testimonial. But you just mm -hmm. get going. Like the, the only thing that matters in business is action and results. Out of those two things, are you producing revenue? If you're not, you're not going to hire anybody. You're not going to have money for ads. You're not going to scale. Go get customers. And people feel uncomfortable with that. But guess what being an entrepreneur is? It's the ability to attract customers. It's the ability to transact from A to B and get someone's money for a product or service. If mm. you cannot do that, you have no business. If you cannot do that and it makes you feel uncomfortable, this is not the route for you. And it's okay to be a number two or number three or specialize in something and be a CTO. There's nothing wrong with those types of roles. Just realize what your role is. Yeah. Yeah, it's not for everyone and that's okay, as you say. Very um, cool. Brilliant. And uh, you're, you're already giving some great advice, but uh, what's the best piece of advice you've received from any of your mentors? And you've had quite a few high profile ones. Yeah, the best piece in terms of business or just life or both. Um, we'll start with business and yeah, maybe life as well, because uh, uh, I think they're all important. But I was thinking of business, but yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't think it's one lesson I learned from one entrepreneur and it's not like someone told me something and I'm like, oh man, that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. Of course I have those. But I think what, what people forget is it's a very small world out there, incredibly small. And you have one reputation. So mm -hmm. as soon as you mess that up, I think everything goes to just complete doo-doo. I feel very proud that not one person on this planet can speak bad about me. And, and I've had some people try even this year and it did not work. Uh, someone posted something bad and had my name in it. They got attacked. Now they, they do <laughs> cryptic and, and they make sure they leave my name out of it. Um, but they, they had my name in one of them and they got absolutely obliterated. I never asked anybody to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you know what I'm talking about, but like they got obliterated. So I think having a solid reputation of people that will go to bat for you where if, and God forbid something happens, but like some random article comes out tomorrow and it says something about me, right? People will read it and go, 
there's no way this is true. I wonder if this is blackmail. Uh, I don't know. There's there's just certain things where like your reputation is so solid where people won't even believe um, certain things, which is great, which is where you want. Because uh, I believe I'm a stand-up guy. I feel like I will take my shirt off the back of my head. What's the saying? Take your shirt off and give it to someone else. or You know yeah. what I mean. Give um, them the shirt off your back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't come up with that. But that's my th- – and you know, you've been in uh, yeah. together. Like I will do everything for everybody. And I'm – oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I, sorry, I was going to jump on it and just say, absolutely, you've been the guy who I felt I could approach any time in that mastermind. And there were a lot of high-level people who I reached out to. They said, yeah, yeah, we'll get in touch, but no follow-up. And I felt like even though you were super busy and you seemed to be doing a lot of stuff and helping a lot of people, you always had time for me. I really mm-hmm. appreciated that. Yeah, of course. But that's the type of guy I am. So I think the reputation, and don't take this the wrong way, you're nothing special. I do that to everybody. Yeah. I mean that in a good way. Where I believe in people, I, I want to see them thrive. It's not like I gave you any special treatment that I gave anybody else. I gave everyone mm. the exact same treatment. Um, I genuinely loved everyone in the group. And I still do. Uh, I am that type of person. But you have one reputation. So as soon as mm. someone tries to clown it, I had an army of people backing me and I will continue to have a flawless reputation where if you ruin your reputation one time, everyone views you completely different. And I think you should do everything you can to have a flawless reputation because it takes such a long time to build trust and a great reputation and only seconds to shatter it. Yeah. So I think that's the best business advice because if you have, if you have a solid reputation, let's say someone hires you and you can't deliver whatever stuff happens life happens it's okay um, but as long as you own up to it and you figure out how to make things right and you never rip people off you never lie to people you never cheat anybody it's okay people are understanding and you find a solution mm-hmm. so i think that's the best all-around piece of advice i can give to uh someone in the business world because you're only going to grow more and more people are going to know you but it's a very small world makes sense and yeah I always think it all comes down to trust at the end of the day. And once you get that slight murmurings of incongruence and lack of authenticity, you're not who you say you are, then people people sniff it out and it just puts you off completely. Yeah, people sniff it out, put you off, and never again trust you. Now, you can think of it as twofold. There are so many people out there. Who cares? I ripped those people off. I'll go find more people. The likelihood of them all knowing is different, but there is this thing called karma and she mm-hmm. will come get you one way or another. Um, good karma is a thing too. So if you only put good energy out, like let's say there's a new member in, in some mastermind and I help them and I change their life and I have no idea, right? I get absolutely nothing out of that. But karma is good. She works for you just as she will ruin you. She will help you. Um, so if you put enough good stuff out there, she will also reward you with good karma and just random things will keep happening. Have you ever met people that are just constantly lucky? Mm-hmm. Yep. Seems that way. Yeah, definitely. Just seems like they just somehow keep getting freaking lucky. It's not luck. It's they put good things out there and they put good energy out there. They lift the others up, even Mm -hmm. though let's just say we do something together and I get absolutely nothing out of it. The universe and the world will give it back to me in a different way. I might never be able to correlate those things, but I'm always lucky. I'm always Mm -hmm. lucky. I I, I very rarely am ever not lucky. Like it happens one <laughs> day, but like I have a little streak of bad luck. I'm like, did I do something or just life happens sometimes, <laughs> but I have a little luck, but then I'm always lucky. 
that's how I know I'm always producing good things and good results. I always help people. I always do the best I can. I always put my best foot forward. I always give my heart to everybody. And I think that the universe says, okay, I'm going to reward you. Makes sense. And uh, can call it a number of things. Good luck, uh, goodwill, and karma, and uh, yeah, just something intangible in business, right? Yeah. And it just keeps coming back all the time. Nice. That's brilliant. So they're bad luck. You don't want to be around those people. If you notice that someone's always complaining, always has bad luck, stay away from those people. That will rub off on you. Mm. Brilliant. It's just having a rock solid in a game and just being a good dude. Yeah. Easier said than done, though, because people always want to do things with something to get out of it. But if mm. you're just genuine and you're just a good person, the world will give it back to you. But you genuinely have to do it that way. Got it. Brilliant. Thank you, Horace. Wow. And um, in terms of um, social media and coming back to branding and your expertise in that as well, I saw an opinion piece from a popular influencer that people have deprioritized Instagram in favor of YouTube and TikTok. And there's people who do follow trends. I'll be honest, I'm one of them who just follows it in with an interest to understand, try and understand and make sense of what's happening. Um, yeah. But do you have any predictions for social media in 2023? Does it matter? And uh, is there anything you think our listeners should be aware of in terms of just branding strategies in general? Yeah, I think so. What I'm doing with my clients, and I have a very small amount of them that I work with personally, but we still post on all platforms. Um, but it's the ability to pivot and it's the ability to consistently be posting on all platforms. What's going on with TikTok? Who knows when this episode actually airs? It could be taken out of America completely. It's getting banned in like five different states now, and it seems to continue to be growing. Um, but that being said, although it seems like it's the end for TikTok, that doesn't mean you can't get another 10,000 followers over there. And out of those 10,000, another 1,000 follow you on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Constantly promoting your other platforms is important too. There has to be a reason they do that. Um, but the best thing you can do is get their emails because I always email people and people say emails dead. I don't think so at all. People still respond to my emails. Mine are catchy and fun. It's not necessarily like just pitch type sales emails. I get people very heavily involved in things that are going on. Like when the US played uh, was it Iraq, I think I sent an email. There's a lot of political BS going between those two. Yeah. But um, when I sent my email, I said, if the USA, when the USA plays tomorrow, and if we tie with Iraq, there's no discount. The The price is still the same exact price. If we score one goal, it's 5% off. If we score two goals, it's 10% off. If we score three goals, it's 15% off. If Iraq scores a goal, it's minus 1%. So that's like 4% off, 9%. <laughs> and I had so many responses to that email, but they're just fun, right? It's not going to change my life whatsoever. They get 10% off or not. It's just fun. Um, and I make marketing fun. I make sales fun. I make emails fun. Um, but that's the best medium you can get because with the world nowadays, you never know if someone's going to shut off your Instagram. You never know if someone's going to turn off your YouTube or demonetize it. It's still important to build. I just don't think you need to get attached to it. Like if my stuff gets shut down tomorrow, it doesn't really change my life whatsoever. I have businesses that aren't reliant on social media, mm. which is very important to have. Gotcha. So protecting yourself uh, to the extent, as you say, building your community outside of the platforms as well as on the platforms. Yeah, but I mean, it's important to grow your following and things like that, just not to get too attached to it. Mm -hmm. And not to be too dependent because, you know, if you're a one-trick pony, 
you're an Instagram influencer, you've got no email list, you're just selling affiliates through your following affiliate links, and then you know you could lose your income tomorrow. Yeah, and that's not fun. With Instagram, the amount of fake profiles that are being created, I think I get 10, 15 fake accounts of me created every day. Mm. Um, I've seen yeah. You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen a trend, you know, someone pretending to be you and then sending me these links and saying, yeah, um, here's here's a new opportunity. <laughs> Take this. Yeah. And you're thinking, yeah. No. Yeah. So they, they have to figure that out quickly because if this keeps happening for the next year, I think people are going to get tired of it. Mm. And then the whole free speech movement, which is wonderful. I think TikTok's going to keep growing. TikTok, Twitter, Rumble. But it's just the ability to pivot and adapt because Facebook seems like it's dying, but when it wasn't, people got huge on it. And then I think it's just your ability to pivot between the, the different apps is important. Yeah. Hedge your bets and make sure you. You're not committed to just one thing, definitely. Yep, absolutely. Thanks. So uh, that's been brilliant. Um, those were all my major questions on your professional and business life. Um, but on yeah. the personal level, uh, well, I know the answer, but what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> Whatever, Whatever's exciting. I always say what, what sounds fun next. Um, I'm always in different cities. I'm always connecting with more people. Mixed martial arts is fun. Shooting guns, I love to shoot. Off-roading is fun. Doing adventurous things like standing on top of a volcano is fun. Snorkeling mm -hmm. is fun. Jet skiing, boating, yachting. Now I throw these like events across America. Those are fun. Pretty much that. Sometimes I watch shows, but not really. Um, some movies, like when Rush Hour 4 comes out, I'll definitely watch that. Yeah, I don't know. I just do whatever seems fun. <laughs> Makes sense. And nice to be carefree. Uh, it's a good relief from release from, yeah, having to be focused all the time. Um, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. The work still gets done regardless of what I'm doing and regardless yeah. of what you see on Instagram, the work still gets done. Got it. And then uh, do you have three books you'd like to recommend to the listeners and why? Yeah, The Four Agreements is a really solid book. That would be my main one that I would recommend. Um, I'm looking at my books. There, there's so many of them. Mm. Um, the Power of Broke is really good. I don't think that book is talked about enough. That's really solid. And then like the standard like Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins is good. I don't know, man. It just depends. I, I think I, I think books are also not necessarily overrated. There's great information in them. But I don't think that that needs to be your sole source of information either. I enjoy listening to podcasts. Those are great. Like uh, the Diary of a CEO. That's a wonderful podcast. His production level is amazing. Interviews, great guests. Um, so I do that. Uh, that's a way I get my information. But I don't think you only need books nowadays. I think there's, I mean, even when I go to my own Instagram or TikTok and I just scroll, it's all my friends and it's all like them posting like inspirational stuff, business lessons, TikTok, same thing. So sometimes I'll just sit and scroll and consume just for, you know, for fun. But I also get information that way. So I don't think it's books alone that are like, oh my God, man, if you read the four agreements, it's going to change your life. It'll give you a good perspective and it's a good way to live life. Um, but I think that there's so many different ways to consume information nowadays where I don't think it's only books. Gotcha. And yeah, maybe I'll change that uh, question in the future. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Uh, maybe top three podcasts. Uh, but um Thanks. Uh, do you have a project you're working on right now that you'd like to share with the listeners? 
carpaline where if you are on your phone for more than three hours a day or you experience any hand pains or numbness um it could be from carpal tunnel syndrome it's likely um, if you're doing any repetitive motions every day like prescription people that are at the pharmacies they open bottles all day they get a lot of carpal tunnel hairstylists um literally anybody that's on our phone for more than three hours a day is very highly likely to develop carpal tunnel um, so if you have it you don't need to live in pain you don't need to suffer. You don't need to um, get surgery. Surgery leaves this nasty scar in your hand, man. There's another reason I did it. Like the solutions suck. Everyone mm-hmm. in the world, there, there's no solution. You can get surgery. It leaves this nasty scar like in the middle of your palm. Mm-hmm. It looks disgusting. Only 70% of surgeries are successful. 30% fail. Out of those 70% that are successful, only 23% of them can go back to their original jobs. That sucks. Imagine me telling you, you have this severe hand pain issue. You can only work for two hours a day. And then you need to like do something weird, like put your hand in an Epsom salt bath or wear a brace. And, and it makes your hand immobile. So if you wear a brace, like can't do anything with it. So imagine that being the only solution or they tell you, or not that you can get surgery, but you're only 20% likely to be able to do what you did before surgery. And there's only a 70% chance it's going to work. Are you going to say, take my money? Are you going to say, yeah, sure, let's do it? No. But America, or the world, doesn't know that there's another solution. So I am promoting it. I am building awareness around it. Our patch is literally, if you buy 100 of them, it ends up being a dollar patch. Up to two if you buy like a smaller quantity. But like you can go spend $10,000 on a surgery that doesn't even work. You can wear a brace 24-7. Who wants to do that? Or you can wear my patch for a freaking dollar and it reveals pain within minutes. Mm. Makes sense. So that's my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Buy my um, stuff. <laughs> exactly. You can eat uh, it as a preventative. So if you're on your phone for more than three hours a day, and yeah. you know you might develop carpal tunnel, you wear this patch once a week. Let's just say every Sunday night before you go to bed, you just put the patch on. It's not noticeable. You don't feel it. It doesn't hurt your hand. You put it on before you go to bed. You wake up and take it off. You do your morning routine. You'll never have carpal tunnel in your life. Wow. That needs to get out more, really. That sort of message, and you don't yeah. need to, yeah, have invasive treatments if if it can be avoided. You know, generally that should be a last resort. But yeah, it one hundred percent can be avoided. We are building the awareness. We're now in seven hundred some WalMarts, thousands of CVSs. Um, we're growing the brand. Actually, I'll show you. It's cool. Um, this was this was from earlier today. One of our. Uh, employees sent us a pretty cool image i'm trying to find it's like all of our stuff at walmart wow uh, you can't really see it there There it is. it's like circled now you can kind of see it better Brilliant. so we're, we're sold out everywhere pretty much though so it's a little hard to get a hold of them but they can always go online but people hate doing that and anything with pain they just want it solved right away yeah and then when they go to the buyer stuff and it's not there they get very frustrated but whatever, they should just buy and subscribe and it always just shows up to their door every month and they never have to worry about it. But whatever, people people can do whatever they want. Um, but it solves a big problem in the world. It's, I mean, I've literally seen people crying at trade shows. Um, mm. They put a patch on within five minutes, they're pain, pain free. And they're like, I've been dealing with this pain for the last 12 years. And they literally break down in tears. And this is a cool brand because it's not dependent on my name, like masterminds and, and stuff like that is more dependent on like my ability. And, and I love it and I'll do it forever. 
but it's this is very different like you don't have to know me you don't have to give a crap about who i am what i do what i've built where i'm from my story all that i know is you have carpal tunnel i have this only solution in the entire world and you're going to buy my patch because it's going to help you within minutes amazing yeah Sounds next awesome. out with uh instant headache migraine solution so you're going to put on the patch on your forehead and in a few minutes you'll be migraine free we have back pain solutions, uh, shoulder, foot pains, anything really that involves a nerve being mm. oppressed. We have the solution for that in your entire body, all naturally, all within minutes. Sounds fascinating. And uh, yeah, all the um... hate us. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> Advil are going to hate us. Oh, my God. Well, if it needs to be disrupted, you know, it's. Sounds Hopefully like it's I'm the right soft. guy to do that. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, I'll put I'll put your details in the show notes, definitely. And besides that, um, where can the listeners find and connect with you online? Just go to Instagram. Um, that's the best way. I respond to everything usually. But yeah, I'm also thinking about just deleting everything, just like focusing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I don't know. We'll see. Instagram is still the best, hands down. I, I like using Instagram. I post memes and, and lifestyle type stuff. I use it as inspiration for others because I'm always staying in like these really cool places. I only show it to inspire others, not to be like, hey, look at me. So I think it's it's cool to do that for people. And then I, I get cool messages every day on there. So I think that's a, that's the best place for people. Brilliant. Well, Horace, uh, thank you very much. I've uh, I've really enjoyed this conversation, and um, yeah, wish you all the continued success, and hope you get to your goals uh, uh, for next year and beyond. And thank you again for being on the show. It's been absolutely a pleasure. Of course, brother. Thank you for having me. This podcast shares experiences and insights gained from business, IT, and digital finance. Hosted by two leaders who have made the leap themselves, this show is dedicated to helping listeners think differently about their career aspirations.